a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. You're locked on to Hans Solson and Scotty Chick. Chick, Chick. That's right. Yeah. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. and Scotty. Hope you're all having a tremendous Valentine's Day. Celebrating with your loved ones out there. That's my wish on this special day. Playing a little Heartbreaker. The music you're playing here, Lloyd, isn't really pro-love. Oh, I feel like I've gone with some loved ones, haven't I? No, I don't think so. I haven't okay, heard so any like said, unchained, two, two unchained melody. Apparently, Pat was scorned at some point. You played some Unchained Melody? I no, thought I said I like, no, I haven't no heard unchained. any of like the overly... I'll find something. No, you don't have to. I still I like got time. But I, I like to be... I'm an equal opportunist. I like to give it to... Let everybody enjoy a little something. I sent out a tweet for everybody to copy and paste a message to send to their loved one. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty decided he'd copy and paste it and send it to me, and he did it in a sarcastic, no, mean way. Nothing but love. And uh, you can find that tweet at 975Hans. What I want people to do is send that and then see what the res- and then send us what the responses are. Just oh. out of the blue. Like, send it to your boss or send it to somebody who definitely is not seeing that coming. This guy, Jeff Hansen, says our plumber is going to be a bit confused, but <laughs> I think he needs to see this today. <laughs> the tweet says, life is better with you in it. Thanks for loving me the way you do. It's that love that has given me the strength to be the person I am. I love you forever. I don't know if a plumber... I I would want it to be something maybe a little bit more personal. You know, we could probably send this to our grass guy. To our what? Our grass guy. Oh, yeah, Charlie? Yeah, we could send this over to Charlie. Charlie would love that. Might send it to a couple different people. But I do hope that your Valentine's Day is special. I hope that you treat those special loved ones in your life very special because it is a great day. I know it is very commercialized. I get it. It was made up to help with all kinds of different companies out there. But it is a fun way to express your love. All right, so are you going to get mad? Because I'm about to retweet this. I'm going to retweet your tweet and say, 
please send this to the most random people in your life and let us know the responses. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I won't get mad at you. But I do want to see some of the responses. <laughs> Man, you can't take anything serious, though. This is a really serious tweet. Did you send that tweet to, or that text to Ginny? Did you copy it and send it to her? I did not. Oh. I did show her our exchange, though. Oh. Well, I. Well, she did say that yeah, word I'm to me. Say, once. It's not foreign to that. <laughs> She actually said that to Lloyd and I once. She called us names. We don't need to go down that path. No. All right. Jazz get the W. Two and one. Now since the, on the roster road. was gutted on the road. How excited are Jazz fans right now? Where? I, I, I don't know. How excited are Jazz fans right now? Not very. Burn up those those phone lines. So let's get those phone lines burning up. Let you, me hear from you. You beat the Raptors, and then last night you beat the twenty-five and thirty-four Indiana Pacers. But they're seventeen and fourteen at home, and you beat them on their home floor. And you're doing it with a mix and match roster. Here's the problem, though: you've got one All Star, you got another borderline All Star in Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, you got another borderline All Star in Olenek. You've got. Kessler, who continues to improve, even though his minutes were extremely limited last night. And then you've got Colin Sexton, who has decided, oh, I get to start? I get to showcase? I'm contracted here for how long? I want to put my best foot forward because I'm contracted here for, what, is in the next three years? I think, yeah, three years after this one. So a four-year deal. Colin Sexton doesn't want to sit down and lose. Nope. Larry Markkinen getting his first all-star honors he doesn't want to sit around and lose nobody told these guys you have to go lose this is the group that you put on the court if they can go beat the teams that they're going to play they're going to go beat them and Taylor Harden Tucker is no chump nope not at all so and Ochai is no chump so those guys are going to win some games I guess I just didn't expect them to go two and one on this four game road trip so far being able to polish things off tomorrow against Memphis. If they beat Memphis tomorrow, we need to sit down and have a real conversation about this. <laughs> a real this frank conversation. Danny like, uh, you all need to go to your room and think about what you've just done. This has gone too far. Use the all-star break to think about what you've done. <laughs> I want you guys to come back here in a much better position, in a much better mindset. Because what I've seen from you out of the last four games is unacceptable. We need you unfocused. If I got to go back and get Juancho Hernan Gomez, I will. Juancho! <laughs> if I got to go get Juancho, 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 man, I will. Don't make me turn this car around and go pick up Juancho. Uh, I got to imagine that they're a little bit surprised with the outcomes. I think it says a couple of things. I, I think it tells you how weak some of the other teams are in the league, but also what type of youth potential the Utah Jazz have currently with a ton of assets. Yes. They got guys, they got pieces that they can really build around. And well, they got pieces they could have traded. Olenek could have been a trade piece. Well, and you brought up a really good point too with David Locke that David's like, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy the wins. Like, 
you know, this is a young team. It's got young, talented players. Instead of being glass half empty, we can go glass half full and say, hey, look what the young pieces are in place. Now you got a ton of salary cap space. You got 15 uh, or 175 first round picks in the next five years. You can go out and wheel and deal and try to bring in a number one guy. You've got the pieces around him and off we go. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not all about the draft pick this year. I mean, it would be nice, but you're already there. Are what? What did we count up? Four or five teams that you're not going to catch this year. There's four that you won't catch. You, you're not going to catch Charlotte. You're not going to catch Detroit. You definitely aren't going to catch Houston. And you won't catch San Antonio. But you could outlose the Lakers. You could outlose Oklahoma City. You could outlose Orlando. You could outlose Indiana. But you got to start now. Yeah. You got work to do. And because right now, if the season were to end right now, Utah Jazz are in a playing situation. <laughs> Utah Jazz would be playing the New Orleans Pelicans for a spot to move forward. Yeah, and in the postseason. And at the beginning of the year, well, maybe Minnesota will tank. Yeah, Minnesota's kind of figured things out a little bit, and now they are squarely in the eight seed. So they're yeah, two you, games over five hundred. So you can't count on that anymore. Minnesota's going to win. Yeah. Minnesota will get themselves up into the six. And according to a lot of reports coming out of Minnesota, the um, dysfunction between Rudy Gobert and D'Angelo Russell was rough. Very high. So you're going to take him off that roster, and you should probably be better based on that loss alone. And you're going to put Mike Conley? Yes. Back on there with Rudy Gobert? And so now you have an adult in the room with Mike Conley. They're going to be better. Instead of uh, dope. Yep. And everybody knows that Russell was that dope. Yeah. He was. The the whole thing that went down with the Lakers in his rookie season or his second season and and so on, there's been a lot of questionable things for him. You know Minnesota was excited to move him on. Even though he's a talent, they're excited to move him on. And Edwards and the crew got a pretty good win over Phoenix. Or sorry, over Dallas the other day. I would really like for this Jazz team to have the fifth or sixth overall pick. It might be just too much. This Jazz team? Yeah. It might be too much to ask for, though. They're just, okay. They might be just too good. Okay, that. okay, okay. I love this. I love this because we get to set over-unders. Not where they end in the draft, but where they end in the season. Okay, so we're not counting lottery balls. We're talking... We're talking where they end. Okay. Over or under, <clears throat> over or under, seven point five worst record. Um, you're not going to beat Houston. They're at no. thirteen wins. You're not going to beat San Antonio. They're at fourteen wins. You're not going to beat Detroit. They're at fifteen wins. You're not going to beat Charlotte. They're at sixteen wins. So there's four. Orlando sits at twenty four wins. Chicago, or sorry, Indiana sits at 25 wins. Chicago at 26. Jazz at 29. So they're right there on the cusp right now. I'm going to go under. Give me the under. I say they'll be at the seven spot. Seven worth, seven, seventh worst record in the NBA. Six. Lloyd, you want in on this? Jazz over under. 7.5 7.5 worst in NBA 
So you're taking under. You're going, yes. they finished seventh. Correct. Seventh. All right. Uh, give me the over. Wait, you're saying they're going to finish? I, fin- I think they finish in the eighth or ninth worst record. Because I think there there are other teams that are taking this much more serious. I'm going to go – give me the under. Uh, Lloyd, so you're saying seventh or worse? Yes. Okay. Seventh or worse, under. All right. I don't think they know how to lose. And I think that going two and one on this road trip following the trade deadline is an indicator of it. I think Larry Markin, Lowry Markinahan has a ton of pride. Jordan Clarkson has a ton of pride. And there, we know this for a, what? Nothing. We know this for a fact. Ain't nobody telling those guys we need to lose. I feel like there's some people on that team that can kill that pride. You're looking at me like something happened. What happened? Nothing. Tell me what happened. Don't, don't, don't no. look. No, trust no, me. No, do not look. Do, don't look. Don't. You don't want no. to. In fact, throw that throw Lloyd, that, you that saw it? phone into the toilet. You saw it? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but seriously, don't. throw that phone don't. onto the ground. Don't. Stomp on it. It's not, not worth it. I don't understand. What am I not seeing? <clears throat> it's, it's quite all right. Um, so, yeah, I think the Jazz are in the uh, seventh spot. I will not move until you tell me what I'm missing. Lloyd? We will discuss this during the break. What am I missing? Is this on Twitter? Is this have something to do with the tweet that you retweeted? Maybe. Somebody tell me what's happening. I don't have – I can't see I know. things on and it, Twitter. I showed you. We're, having a, we're, show having, a, we're having a great conversation about the Jazz that we probably – Let's focus. Like the Jazz, this, I mean, this is a good topic. So you have them – I know, but it's Valentine's. We're talking about love, and something happened, and Scotty has lost focus. So something's <laughs> going on. No, I'm dialed in, man. I'm dialed in. Did somebody make fun of my love and zest for love? No. No. How do I see things on Twitter? How am I missing this? It's not, it's not a big deal. <laughs> yes. Is that public? Is that a public tweet? No. No. So tell me tell me what happened this morning. <laughs> I love when Scotty's wife tweets. She tweets really good. That <laughs> a guy. I will tell you that Scotty acts like love isn't always on the top of his mind. But I can reassure everybody. Scotty is a love machine. We're going to break. <clears throat> 224, Hands and Scotty, 97.5. Love machine. KSL Sports Zone. We'll chat with the head coach of the Utah women's basketball team. Lynn Roberts will join us next right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. 
This is this is DJ and PK. We are joined now once again by Jason Cole, NFL writer and columnist for OutKick. For years, we always debated, was it Belichick or Brady? Are we now debating, is it Mahomes or Reed? The player's 80% of it because the player has the ball in his hand. Now, that's not to diminish the importance of the 20%. And Andy Reed's record with quarterbacks might be the greatest in football history. He's maximized every quarterback he's ever had. With Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick, A.J. Feely played well for him, Alex Smith, Nick Foles, like everybody on down the line has played their best football under Andy Reid. And that's because Andy's really disciplined about how the quarterback is supposed to do things. Andy is aware of everything. Historically, he's not so great at clock management, but he's still won two Super Bowls, so I'll give it to him for that. Catch DJ and PK, mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai, Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah! We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone. My There's only you in my life. The only thing. I don't know what you're talking about. Friends listen to Endless Love in the Dark. Great line. All right. It is Valentine's Day. I hope you're having yourself a great day taking care of your loved one. Uh, One way I'm sure that uh, your loved one would be excited if you say, hey, honey, I got jazz tickets. It's a Team 49 Tuesday. Caller number 12 right now, 801-575-ZONE. That is 801-575-ZONE. And you got tickets to an upcoming jazz game. Get those uh, phones ringing right now, and let's get you some tickets and get you squared away. Joining us now, the head coach of the Utah women's basketball team, ranked fourth in the AP, ranked fifth in the coaches poll. Lynn Roberts, kind enough to join us. Coach, how are you? Hey, Coach. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Oh, We're doing great. Doing fantastic. Thanks for taking some time and coming on with us. Not to mention, Scotty, doing it probably in the toughest conference in the country right now, too. The Pac-12 is brutal, isn't it, Coach? It is. We've got uh, six teams in the top 25 and uh, highest winning percentage in any conference, highest net ranking. Um, yeah, it is the best. It's not just opinion. It's definitely the numbers show it. So, uh, it, it's a grind, but uh, as a competitor, it, it's also pretty fun. Do you get the sense before a season starts with a team, you're like, we have a chance to be pretty good. We have a chance to be special. And did you get that sense before the season started with this crew? Well, I've kind of learned over the years uh, from doing that, that it's best to just kind of stay in the moment and not have too <laughs> too many expectations and, and uh, you know, I just try not to do that because I've been disappointed before or, you know, you just, that, that makes me focus on the end and, and I'm not very good as a coach if I'm just thinking about, you know, the end results and where are we going to finish and how many are going to win and all of that. So uh, I try to fight doing that, but, you know, we have the core of our group back from last season and we made 
to the Pac-12 championship game last year and second round of the NCAAs last year. And we had everybody coming back and we've added a couple of key players. And so uh, I thought, you know, I was cautiously optimistic that we could be pretty good, but I didn't want to think too far beyond that. Coach, I kind of want to introduce you to our listeners a little bit more for those out there that don't watch the Utah women's basketball team. Coach Roberts has been doing a great job with Utah going back to 2015, I think, was your first season with the University of Utah. But I, I want to kind of go back into your early start of coaching, Coach, just to kind of yeah. let people know who you are and where you came from. But you started out with the team that you played for. Is that not accurate? Yeah, so I played basketball at uh, Seattle Pacific University, which is a liberal arts Division two school. Uh, had a great experience, won a lot of games, and didn't know what I wanted to do academically. So my college basketball coach, who's now the head coach at Boise State, and very successful, legendary guy, uh, he was like, you, you know, Roberts, you should think about coaching. And I was like, man, okay, I have nothing else going. Uh, so I got into grad school right after I graduated um, and, you know, made like $1,000 and worked at a grocery store in the, <laughs> wow. during the mornings and went to grad school and did that and then became an assistant. And, you know, my, my first salary was $16,000. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and I thought I was rolling in it though. Cause I had like a paycheck and like I had, I, but I got to coach and that's all I cared about. And it's honestly all I've ever done. So I was an assistant for three years and then I got my first head job when I was 25, which is kind of crazy. Um, I, I didn't think I was as young as I, I obviously was, but uh, at Chico State, which was a Division two school in Northern California, which is kind of near where I'm from, and was there for four years, and we made it to the Final Four, D2 Final Four, and had you know great runs there. And then I took the job uh, at University of Pacific, which is in the West Coast Conference, which was you know BYU is in that league, Gonzaga, mm-hmm. um, in Stockton, California, uh, and I was the youngest Division one head coach in the country when I took that job, and so I've just been grateful to be given opportunities when I probably didn't, hadn't earned them yet. Um, and then, you know, we did really well there, won a conference championship, did some things, and then I got the Utah job. So uh, I've, I've been everywhere I've been, I've kind of taken over places that, um, you know, needed some life and, and needed to turn things around. And, uh, you know, of course, Utah women's basketball has a ton of storied, you know, legendary teams and Elaine Elliott, the, the best to ever do it. Uh, and then, you know, made the jump to the Pac-12 and Elaine retired. And, you know, making that jump is really hard to go from a mid-major Mountain West to Pac-12. And so um, I took over after that. And, it, you know, the program was was not great. It was solid, but not great. And, and so it's just been a fun climb to get where we are today. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of my story. If I, I always joke if I... If I wasn't a coach, I'd probably starve because I have no other no other <laughs> skills or no other training. It's the only thing I've ever done and know how to do. When you uh, in this day and age of the transfer portal and and you're able to you know bring in people automatically and 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 frankly try to keep them as well because you had a good team last year and and you're able to hold on to to those players. But when Alyssa Peely hits the transfer portal and you're able to bring her in, was there a prior relationship with her before in the recruiting process, or how did that connection get made? Because she's been a tremendous asset for your team. Yeah, she's the you know right now the front runner for Pac-12 Player of the Year, which is pretty just so cool to see her have the success she's having with the work she's put in. But uh, I remember very much her in high school. I mean, she's one of the, I think Max Preps named her as one of the top 10 best high school athletes of all time 
uh, boys or girls. And I mean, her high school career is unbelievable. Just the accolades. And, um, but anyways, I called her in high school. I, I wasn't at Utah for very long when she was, you know, I remember seeing her and called her and I tease her now because she didn't return my call. <laughs> and uh, so I thought, okay. So she ended up going to USC. Her brother was a defensive lineman there uh, on the football team, and so she kind of followed him. Um, and then, you know, I got an up, I got courtside seats to seeing her, you know, twice a year when when we would play SC. So I knew her, um, but we didn't really have a relationship other than just you know shaking hands after games. But the moment she was in the portal, we jumped on it and. and uh, recruited it, you know, recruited her like crazy. But I, I think she she deserves all the credit for for what she's doing right now. She's completely bought in and um, gotten herself in the best shape of her life. And and she's for those you know listeners maybe who haven't seen us play. She's you know our team is really good, fun to watch, and she's definitely an intriguing player that that is enjoyable to see play. No question. And we'll be put to the test coming up on Friday. I can't wait for this one. So you got a return trip to Arizona. You had a ranked Arizona team at your home. On your home court, you got the one-point win, and now Arizona gets an opportunity on their home court coming up this Friday. How excited are you for this matchup, Coach? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough. I mean, they're I think they're in a three-way tie for fourth place right now uh in the Pac-12. Um and and you know, you guys know that if you get one of the if you finish in the top 4, you get one of the first round buys for the Pac-12 tournaments, which matters. Um so they're playing for that and we're playing to, you know, compete for a championship. So, a lot on the line. I don't know what they're ranked right now, but I think like 16th or something like that. Um, and you know, they average about 10,000 fans. And so it's loud and, and intense and, uh, but that's what you play for. You know, you want to be playing in February for a chance to win a championship like that, that it doesn't get any better. That's why you work so hard in the summer and, and do all the things you do as a player and as a coach. Uh, so I'm excited too. It's going to be hard, um, but it should be hard. And, you know, in this conference, every weekend you're playing a ranked team, maybe, maybe two, um, so it's uh, every weekend you got to buckle up and put your football helmet on and get ready to roll. Well, Coach, I, I know you can't look forward. I know you're going to be looking at this game on Friday, but I want to look forward just a little bit for our listeners and the basketball fans out there because the end of this month, on, on February 25th, you've got a top-five-ranked Stanford team that is going to be coming to town to take on this this Utah women's basketball team. That is going to be a game that that place better be packed. It better be sold out. It better be just absolutely crazy because Stanford got a win on the road earlier in the season. In fact, it's the last loss that this team has faced. You guys have put together seven wins in a row. They take on Stanford February 25th. Put it in your books. Make sure you crowd the place. Get in there and go yes. nuts for this team because it's going to be a wild finish. These final four games, Coach, are just tough exceptional games can't wait to see them go down yeah i appreciate that that it is going to be you know we got to take care of the, the the three in front of that to your point but if we were to and they were to as well then you know we would come in tied to that game and that game would decide the championship which is pretty cool yeah um and you know like i said i don't want to get too ahead of that uh, of the three games in front of us because those are going to be tough but um wouldn't that be something and yes we need to pack that place and uh, we've been getting pretty good crowds, and they've been loud and engaged. But you know, this is a game that 
that we need everybody at. And, you know, if we right now we're a projected two seed in the NCAA tournament and on the women's side, the top 16 teams. So the top four seeds in each of the brackets for the 64 teams get to host the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. And then they have, uh, you know, two super regionals where those two 16 team groups go anyway. Um, so if, if we hold steady and we're able to maintain where we're at, um, with even a little room to slip, we can host the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament, which would be really cool. And oh, yeah. again, need that place rocking. And, and, you know, we're on the, I think we're on the, on the cusp of kind of that swell of momentum to where it pushes you over the edge to where you become relevant in your community and, and something that is very followed. And, and, um, you know, I've always, that's why I wanted this job. I think Salt Lake city is a basketball town. Um, but we've got to introduce, you know, our team and everything to those basketball fans. One of the reasons I always love talking to head coaches is because you have multiple roles, not only as X's and O's, but a recruiter, but also a little bit of a psychologist, too, with your own team. And when you're stacking wins and you have the accolades and, you know, a potential two seed in the NCAA tournament and all this stuff that could be coming your way, how hard is it? to keep your team focused on one game at a time, all the, you know, cliches that you throw out as a coach, how difficult is it to keep it focused and not go big picture, but just take it one game at a time? Yeah, that's a great point. And it's, it's tricky, right? Because it's, uh, there's two sides of the coin where you want them to be confident. You want them to understand what they're playing for. You want them to realize and enjoy the success they've had and, and enjoy, be, you know, enjoy the moment and the, um, all the good stuff that comes with that, but man, it's a slippery slope to being, you know, getting tripped up because you're looking too far ahead. So uh, we've been saying over the last couple of weeks, when we went on the Oregon trip, um, we swept them, which was the first time ever we've done that, which was awesome. Uh, we just keep saying like we're just going to go one and zero. Like all you got to worry about is going one and zero. Don't worry about our overall record. Don't worry about standings. Let's just focus on going one and zero. So it's kind of been what we've said in the locker room a lot and in huddles. Um, and, you know, just kind of this mantra of right here, right now, want to know. And they've bought into it. And this group's pretty even keeled. They're, they're confident down to their toes, but they're not cocky. Um, and so that's a, that's a kind of the secret sauce, I think. Um, so, you know, it's a challenge. But, uh, you know, at this point, the end is in sight. And what we've been doing has been working. And so I think they're going to continue doing that, I hope. But um, I also think from a coach – it comes from me and, and our staff too. If we're talking about all the, the other stuff, the, ex- uh, the external stuff, the rankings, the seedings and all that, then we can't expect them to not focus on it too. So we don't do a lot of talking about it. We just say, you know, all your goals are in front of you. You have a chance to control your own destiny. So let's go one and zero tonight. Coach, is the transfer portal hitting women's sports as much as it's hitting the football and men's basketball world? Oh yeah. It's uh yeah, I don't know about other women's sports, but for women's basketball, yes, it's it's not quite as um, prolific as on the men's side, but it's pretty dang close. Um, and it's it it's it's a challenge. It you know the it's two parts where it's retain, retaining your players um, and then you know filling in gaps on the other end. But it's very, I think it's a it's it's a little bit dangerous to just kind of transfer out, transfer in, build your program around that. Because you, you really are going to have a hard time creating any sort of culture or, um, you know, team identity. It's just going to be personality-based for the kids that you get for that year or two. Um, the other risk with transfers is, you know, they're transferring for a reason. And 
um, you know, a lot of them are good reasons. Some of them maybe not, but whatever they're, they're leaving for because they want to. And, and sometimes it can be that they're coming, they don't have any real, you know, tied to your community, your university, your program. They're just there to kind of get theirs, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm not getting enough balls thrown to me as a wide receiver here. So I'm going to go here uh, because I know I can get more thrown to me, but you really don't care about the culture of the program or whatever. Like that, that could be the risk, right? Um, so you have to be pretty selective in the portal. But the other part of that is, is the recruiting process in the portal is like in a microwave. Uh, when you recruit a high school kid, you get to know them since they're freshman, sophomore years. So you know their parents, you know their trainers, you know their Uncle Jimmy, you've talked to them about everything. You know everything about that kid. So when you get them, you have a really strong relationship. The transfer process is like two, three weeks. So you really, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a uh, Russian roulette in that regard too, because it might look good on paper. You might like what you see on film, but you don't really know if that player fits who you are. Not that that makes them bad. Just not every program is a good fit for players and vice versa. So it's an intriguing facet to recruiting, and it certainly has changed the landscape. Well, I kind of asked that question. It's a bit loaded, and I asked that question because. If I'm not mistaken, I think your entire starting five and probably first three or four rotationals are probably all eligible to come back next year. Uh, it, yeah, we don't have a single senior. Yeah, that's that was kind of the the point that I was trying to make, and and you brought it up. You got a receiver that's like, hey, I'm not getting enough touches. I'm going to go somewhere else. I look at this roster and where you guys stand nationally, and what you've been able to do in the toughest conference in the country. And you've got an entire lineup that's eligible to be back next year. That's going to be tough on the staff. You guys have to be recruiting now. I got to imagine on your own team. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. It's it's you know it's my statement to our staff is is recruit, develop, retain. Like that's what we've got to do, and and it doesn't stop. So you're continually recruiting them. You're continually developing them so that you can retain them. Um, and that's just, that's the new landscape. And, you know, we can, as coaches or fans or whatever, you know, complain or talk about the good old days, but it is what it is and it's not going away. And, um, I think, you know, you, if, I think if you look at what Whittingham has done at Utah, um, you know, what I admire so much is that he has built really a culture, you know, Utah football knows what it's about. And I, you know, this community, I think is a little spoiled as to how, well that program is run um but it's because they protect their culture over everything and i've learned a lot from that and i think um you know i think even through the that doesn't mean you can't bring in risks in the portal but you can't have a locker room full of it you've got to have a locker room that's full of of a strong culture and then you can you know you can afford to take some risks uh and and then those guys ideally you know fall in line with this is how we do things so um, there's definitely a way to do it, uh, but there's also <clears throat> I've seen a lot of coaches lose their lose their jobs because uh, they went you know a little too transfer heavy, and it kind of backfires. Well, coach, uh, we're fired up for the success that you're having. Keep it rolling. Uh, let's do this again soon. But uh, again, early congratulations on a fun season. But I know it's not over yet. Keep it rolling, and look forward to catching up with you again here soon. Good luck, coach. I appreciate. It. Yeah, thanks. And and if you can keep plugging attendance for those games, that would be hugely appreciated. We need all the fans we can get, making that place loud. You can bank on it. You got it. Thanks, coach. Good luck all this right. weekend. Thanks, guys. Lynn Roberts, head coach of the Utah women's basketball team. 
On a road, fun, fun conversation, by the way. On a road swing right now, so they're at Arizona, at Arizona State. It's going to be two tough games, and then they're back home to finish out the season. You got Cal, and then you finish, as I mentioned, against Stanford. And Stanford will be a top five ranked team. I would expect Utah to, at least in the next three games, to be two and one, which would keep them probably in the top ten. So. You'd have a big-time matchup, but there's a good chance they could beat Arizona Yeah, coming up Friday night. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. Hey, remember, if you are a business owner, you have better things to do than to job hunt or scramble to find your next great hire. Let Spherian Staffing and Recruiting do it for you. Visit them online at Spherian.com. Hans and Scotty, wrap things up next. 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. The All-Star Game is here in Salt Lake City, and The Zone is sending you to all the biggest events. Are you hearing me? Listen all day on Thursday for your chance to win tickets to the Rising Star Game. All-Star Practices. The Celebrity Game. And that, that, that. Listen to me. Listen to Unrivaled on Thursday afternoon for your chance to win two tickets to the All-Star Game on Sunday. Your home for the best All-Star Game coverage in Salt Lake City is right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Have fun at the game. Number one. Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hanson Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Sounds like you had a good morning, bud. Good. Good boy. I'm happy for you. Social yeah, media. You hey, hey, hey. Social media is a wild time. Wild place. <laughs> You're respectful over here. You get a tell-all book. <laughs> what am I supposed to read? One day. <laughs> oh, man. The Scotty G letters. <laughs> The Red Shoe Diaries. Hey, 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 hey. Dial it down on air. Was that on air? Yes, it was. For sure it was. Starring David Duchovny. All right. Ethan Miller. (laughs) (laughs) That takes you back to the teenage days, doesn't it? Oh, wow. Yeah, it does. It does. And it seems like this morning kind of went back to teenage days. Ethan Millard with Teton Wealth will be live in studio with Unrivaled coming up on Thursday to help you with your retirement plan. Tune in or visit retiretetan.com. Can everybody see that tweet or no? Oh, no. (laughs) Scotty Jump Diaries. Scotty's wife is quite the Twitter person. Quite the tweeter. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Well, we don't have any jazz basketball until tomorrow night. So we'll get you ready for Memphis, Utah Jazz coming up tomorrow. (laughs) Kind of lean on the sports. <laughs> so you have to occupy your time in other ways, like Scotty does. It's Valentine's Day. <laughs> You'll figure something out. It is Valentine's, man. Yeah. Go, go pick up the person you love and go get a good bite to eat. Yeah, don't go to like. I mean, look, there's a lot of good burger places out there. 
but don't don't take your wife to go get a burger. No, JCW's is great. It's yes, amazing. We love them. Yeah. The, Even if she tells you how much she loves burgers. No, no, don't do that. Don't say, well, she likes burgers. Go 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 take her to the OG. Get some unlimited breadsticks. Ooh. Classy it up a little bit. <laughs> On point. I'm joking. No, oh. no. Oh. Um I guess maybe. No, you shouldn't be. So they do a it's kind of a unlimited dipping sauce now. Yeah. Four dollars ninety cents. You buy a dipping sauce for the whole table and as much as you can gobble up, they'll just keep You're talking about that that reloading. that sauce, that uh buttery sauce. No, I'm talking any of their Alfredo, their five cheese oh, okay. marinara, oh. any of those. Okay. They'll bring it out and you can dip those free. And they say unlimited, but they weren't planning on Saratoga <laughs> assembling. Yeah, that'll go away quick. Yeah. As quick as their unlimited pasta went away. Oh, they shut that down? Yeah. Or just in the Utah County locations near Eagle Mountain. I know in the two locations I frequent. <laughs> they was like, nope. They they shut it down quick. All right. But enjoy a great dinner. Enjoy your Valentines. And Scotty and I and Lloyd, we'll all do better tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll do better tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Utah State basketball night, taking on Air Force. Oh, up yeah. Up in the Spectrum in Logan. So, geez. That takes away the night. Oh, that's why the morning. Hands and Scotty, (laughs) 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.